Welcome once again to Devotional. This is lesson number 12 for December 15 through the 21st, and this is lesson number one. It's amazing, isn't it? Lesson number 12, December 15 through the 21. It's amazing, and today is December the 12th. Um, just uh, to get that out of the way, you will probably hear a little cookie in the background, and uh, you might wondering, maybe wondering what that is, and it's these little frogs in the island of Puerto Rico called the Coquis, and uh, I'm surrounded by them because I am in Puerto Rico. Uh, I am actually on vacation, and uh, my wife, uh, we, we talked about this, and I tried to do all these lessons ahead of time, but time just was not, I was not able to do it. So I'm doing it right now while I'm in Puerto Rico. I'm going to try to do these uh, next uh, 14 lessons uh, while I'm here. Actually, 21 lessons because uh, we're going to be going into Revelation. By the time I get back, we would have started with the new quarterly. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited about that. But this week surprised me. I thought we had already covered all the good lessons and we're kind of just, you know, tapering off, landing. But this week is an amazing lesson. And I'm glad that you're, you're still <laughs> joining in there. Um, the lesson, of course, is about church organization and unity. And if you have not been aware of what's been happening in our church, a lot has been happening that makes this lesson so pertinent, so relevant, so useful, so practical. Um, and of course, some people may read it. And I, I see it as a wonderful, balanced invitation to address this, this topic. It's necessary. And the lesson, I think, does it in a very balanced way. Uh, again, I, I applaud Dr. Fortin and the Sabbath School Committee for making this available for our church right now. It's the, the lesson is entitled Church, Organization, and Unity. Um, so the memory verse, it says, Yet it shall not be among you, so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. And this lesson is going to expand on what it means uh, to be a church leader. And this is a hot topic right now, very difficult topic to, not difficult, it's just sensitive because of all that has transpired uh, through the general conference, the unity document, the compliance um, document, uh, all of these things have stirred the waters in our church and all of these sentiments have come to the surface. So I'm glad that this lesson invites us to talk about it at church in Sabbath school and I hope we do. And that we don't just, you know, skirt the issues, but let's, let's address it straight on. Um, I like how the lesson begins by, first of all, focusing on what the church is for. It's not for my personal salvation. I don't receive salvation from the church. I don't preach it. I don't teach it. And uh, we shouldn't believe that. That salvation comes through you being a part of the church, being a church member. That's not how salvation works. Uh, salvation comes only through a connection with Christ. So uh, now that we've got that very important point <laughs> covered, uh, what is the church for? I love how the lesson just makes it simple. It's a vehicle for, to help us express and make manifest the salvation of God to the world. Beautiful. That's what a church is. It's a vehicle. It's a unified, organized tool that facilitates, that makes um, witnessing to the entire world that much more efficient, organized. So it's important. Um, and I'm going to close with this thought. Um, Dr. 
Darius. He is quoted uh, later on in the week. and He was one of my professors while I was at seminary. I took a class uh, entitled Catholic Thought and Life, uh, the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church and the culture. Very, very awesome class. I, w I wish I could have taken more classes with uh, Dr. Darius. Um, and uh, he had us do some exercises in the church. He was definitely not the kind of teacher that loved to lecture, have us listen, take notes, and an exam. There was a lot of class interaction. And one of the things he had us do is he divided us to look at uh, um, different topics that related to church structure, church organization. And one group was to defend a, the church. What is the church, right? And he was, you know, you guys are going to focus on this, on this uh, a, a mindset or worldview. That the church is simply an organic spiritual body. And that was one half of the class. The other class was going to focus and defend the point that the church is the institution, the policies, etc. And I may have gotten the word wrong. I hope that Dr. Yankowicz can forgive me for not being as accurate as I, you know, maybe he, he was in the class. But it was in essence that, you know, one was looking at the church in a very formal. The other one was looking at it very organic. And I do remember that, that being some of the descriptions of the church as an organic entity. You know, we cannot just look at the policies and, and the, you know, all these other things that our church has just grown into as far as becoming a world church. Which, which of the two is the church? And I was in the camp of the institution. And uh, so, of course, we had to defend things like hierarchy, church hierarchy. And that word sounds so nasty. Um, because of the misuse and uh, abuse that it has had throughout the centuries. And the lesson deals with this later on. So here we were trying to figure this out. Again, you know me, you know my background in medicine, in medical. And when we were, it was our turn to respond. Of course, the, the other group had an easy time tearing us apart, you know, with this propensity to sterilize and make the church like this arid policy, like a like a lawyer, you know, we we are an institution, you know, and so it's difficult. They were the body, living, organic, thriving. We were the the synthetic, you know, mannequin. Um, that's the institution. I guess that's a good way of saying it, right? We were the mannequin. They were the real thing. So it was our turn, and we began with a challenge, and that was my contribution to the group. They thought that even the body. <laughs> We got heated a little bit. <laughs> and so I, I spoke and I said, hey, what if we took any of you guys right now? This is winter time in Bering Springs here in Michigan. I said, what if we took any of you guys, took all your clothes off and threw you out right now to class? Middle of winter, you know, sub, sub uh, degree, sub zero degree temperatures, sub zero. Um, what's going to happen to you physiologically? First of all, the, the blood is going to get centralized. Uh, your body will teach you that there are these uh, parts of you called vital organs. It's going to start prioritizing those organs at the expense of others because you can live without a pinky, you can live without a toe or without a foot, but you cannot live without lungs or a liver or a kidney or a heart. And so there is a level of hierarchy even in an in a organic system. So yes, let's, let's just call the church an organic body then. Is in spite of that, we still have organization and within organization, there are parts of the body that have a, a higher level of importance. That's just how it is. And what the body provides for us, though, is a rebuke to the abuses of the past in regards to church hierarchy. 
in, in a, from a secular standpoint, which is what Jesus is rebuking in our memory verse. You know, when it says that it will not be like this with you, it shall not be so among you. And he's comparing Rome, politics, secular governments, secular institutions, business models. We are not to be like them where those at the top run the show. He says you are going to be different. You want to be the top, you're going to be a servant. And in the body, the organs that are most vital, they're not most vital because they're the prettiest or whatever. They are the most vital because they, they most continually serve the body. You know, the digestive system, without it, we couldn't get nutrition. Um, the, the pancreas, the liver, the kidneys, the heart, right? These organs are continually serving the body 24-7. That's what makes them so vitally important. The hand is optional. Sometimes you use the hand. Sometimes you're not doing anything with the hand. Sometimes you're using the feet. Sometimes you're not. But your heart is always working. That's what makes them uh, vital to life. And so in the church, those that are most vital should be those that serve the most the body. Very opposite paradigm from the top-down CEO of GM, Ford, Toyota, Apple, Google, whatever. At the top, they are the most because they have the most authority and they can fire you. But not so in the body. The, the heart's important because if it wasn't serving the body, the body would die without it. So it serves continually and that's what makes it vital. It's continual service. I appreciated that. And of course, I think we won. <laughs> I don't think anyone won. I'm being facetious uh, in, the, in talking about in the classroom. But it, it did give me a lot to think about. And I'm hoping that this week will give you a lot to think about in regards to how you relate to the church organization because it will affect you it will affect your commitment and participation to the church it will affect how you relate to doctrines it will affect how you re how you relate to your tithes and your offerings much of what um happens within this week's lesson is one of the things that affects us most directly as to how we relate to our local church our conference our division and our to our church worldwide so i'm hoping that you will jump in this week get your lesson and let's, let's finish this hard. Let's make it the best last two weeks uh, studying and trying to milk this lesson for all it's worth. In the meantime, serve. Become vital in the church, not because of a title or because of some kind of outward show. Become vital to a church because of humble, continual service. Mm -hmm.